Hello and welcome to the Trainee Lowdown, the podcast focused on helping you aspiring solicitors through the training contract application process. I'm Lauren, a second year trainee solicitor at Foot Anstey, and along with my co-host Ollie and some expert guests, we are going to be sharing some tips and advice to help you secure a training contract. The purpose of this episode is to explore what makes an individual a successful trainee. Yes, and throughout the series, we have looked at how to choose the right law firm for you and then the process of applying and getting to the point of receiving an offer for the training contract. So we're going to speak in this episode a bit more about what happens next and what to expect when you actually start working at a law firm. This should be a really helpful episode to reflect on when it comes to your application and also to help you understand some of the attributes that will be useful to succeed in the application process and beyond. To help us explore this topic further and to share their tips and advice, we have Adam McKenna, a partner, and Lucy Wickens, a solicitor, joining us today. Adam and Lucy both trained at Fortanity and have subsequently grown their careers with the firm. Starting with you, Adam, please could I ask you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your practice area and how long you've been at the firm? Thanks, Lauren. So my name is Adam McKenna. I'm a partner in the corporate team. I specialise in private equity transactions and I've now been here for 13 years. How about you, Lucy? Hi, I'm Lucy Wickens and I'm a solicitor in the commercial team at Fortanity and I've been at the firm for around five years. So first, we're going to discuss how the training contract is structured and the type of work that you might be expected to do as a trainee. And I think probably a good place to start is to speak a bit about the transition from seat to seat. So Lucy, maybe starting with you, do you have any advice on how best to prepare for a new seat? Yeah, of course. So I think typically you may sort of think the best way to prepare for a new seat is to, you know, dig out your university textbook and start reading up on the area. Um, However, I think one of the most important things I found before starting a seat was to actually connect with my new team in advance of coming into the seats and trying to understand who does what in the team, where I was going to slot in and ask the team for guidance on what preparation they think would be helpful. This is a great way to get to know your team, demonstrates that you're being proactive and ensures that any knowledge-based preparation you do carry out is actually focused to the area that you're going to be assisting with. For example, it may be that your supervisor has you lined up to assist with the data-related projects um, in your first week, in which case you might want to read up on the GDPR. So I think this is a great way to sort of make sure that you can hit the ground running in your new seats. Also, I think something I found quite useful was arranging a catch-up or meeting with the trainee who was currently in that seat. So you could discuss any work that needed to be handover, but also just generally what life was like as a trainee in that particular seat. I know when I went into banking, I had a banking seat. The trainee before me did a really useful handover and that really helped for the first week or two. And I knew exactly what matters that I needed to be on top of and also just what everyone was doing in the team from the kind of trainee perspective. So I would definitely advise that before changing seat and going into a new part of the firm. Changing tack a little bit. One thing that we're always encouraged to do is think about how we approach the tasks that we are given as trainees. Adam, do you have any advice for trainees on how best to do that? So one thing that really irks me as a supervisor is when you're giving quite detailed instructions and those instructions are missed or you need to repeat those a number of times. 
So top tip would be make loads of notes. You can refer back to them and don't just expect that you can remember everything. So do always go through your notes. Once you've done the task, go back through those notes and make sure you're you're ticking off all of those things that you've been told. I wouldn't be afraid of asking for clarification at all. It shows that you're interested. You've actually have been paying attention and um, it makes you know, a really good opportunity to make clear that you have understood the task. Uh, another thing that I think is really, really important is supervisors won't always give you a deadline or a clear idea on timings. So again, do ask for when the expectation is to, to deliver that back. Because what can be a, a really good tip is it can be seen that as soon as you get some work to do it as quick as you can, deliver that back. And that's really, really impressive. But actually, that's not the case. It, it's a lot more impressive to take your time over something, really understand it and deliver a good quality piece of work. And you can still do that to the timetable. But if you don't know what that timetable is, it's, it's a lot harder to do that. And if a trainee gets stuck on a task that they're doing, what would you prefer that they do at that point? So I, I think from my perspective, I would want people to have a go. It's absolutely fine to ask questions and we encourage to ask questions, but it's not like a, a parent-child type relationship. We want to develop good people. We want people to, to be proactive and, and actually take ownership of their own development and learning. What I really expect is when, when they get stuck on a task to you know just give it a go. Um, use resources around you so even if it's not necessarily asking the supervisor asking peers if they've done it before or asking maybe more junior members of the team for their thoughts on it and by giving it a go I mean you're, you're only going to get it wrong it's not a big deal that's my suggestion yes and I guess part of that is also being able to take on feedback from your supervisor and other people in the team Lucy how how do you think it's best for a trainee to take on constructive feedback so I think it's important to acknowledge that, first of all, it's sort of completely natural to feel disheartened if you've completed a task for your supervisor or someone else in your team and it comes back with, you know, a heavy markup or lots of comments. However, I think, you know, in a career of this nature, whether you're a trainee, NQ solicitor or even a partner, you're constantly learning new things and therefore receiving feedback, both positive and constructive. So it's almost part and parcel of the role. And it's actually a really important part of your development as a trainee and beyond in your career. I think noting that, I think what will set you aside as a trainee is how you deal with that constructive feedback. And if you're able to proactively take it on board and take steps to address it, this will hugely benefit your career development. I think in my experience, you can often find it quite daunting sending back a piece of work to your supervisor when you feel that it's not something you're 100% confident on or it's a completely new area for you, um, thinking that you need to know all the right answers to impress people. But often when you then speak to your supervisor afterwards and do get that feedback, they're very receptive to explaining where you might have gone wrong, but in a positive way to set you up for doing the work in future, which has actually been really helpful. So it's not quite as scary as you think that it will be when you first ping that email. Yeah, and I think from a trainee's point of view, I've definitely found that my supervisors have really appreciated it when maybe the first time you did a bit of work and you hadn't had much experience doing it, you obviously can't do it perfectly, but it's how you react to the constructive feedback that you get. So I guess on reflection, considering the things that we've discussed, Adam, is there anything that you can identify during your training contract which was a key turning or learning point that you've remembered in your career yeah so one one thing that was really stuck out for me 
is linked to what I mentioned previously, which is the tendency to deliver something really quickly to rush it. And by putting it in the context of, well, if your supervisor who has a higher charge out rate than you then needs to spend longer looking at, for example, company numbers, those types of details, then in the grand scheme of things, actually, that's more expensive for the firm. It's less profitable. So it doesn't really make sense for them to be spending more time doing that. So actually, the fact that you spend more time reviewing something, you know, printing something out, looking through, making sure that you've done a job to the best of your ability, in the grand scheme of things, that, that actually saves time. So if you've got that in the back of your mind, then it, it helps you do a good job with that work that you deliver rather than rushing it and, and, and sending it through as quick as you can. And Lucy, any key turning points or learning points for you? For me, so throughout my training contracts, I obviously worked across various different teams um, and therefore got exposure to lots of clients. And one of the key learning points for me was each client has very different needs and ways of working. And in particular, I worked a lot with in-house legal teams throughout my training contracts. And the advice they required was really different to some of the other clients that I worked with. For example, they would often wouldn't want sort of long advice notes, but would prefer sort of short, succinct, bullet point format advice that they could easily relate to the business. So I think a key skill I learned is that it's really important to listen to clients, take on board their feedback and to adapt to their specific needs. In other words, you know, there's no one size fits all approach when it comes to servicing clients. In our previous episodes, we've talked about the importance of choosing the right law firm for you. And we've also referenced extra opportunities that are available for trainees to get involved in. Adam, how important is it for trainees to understand and contribute to the things that are going on outside of their teams? So I think one thing that's really useful is for your own profile. Um, When you're in a team, it can be quite daunting and you want to learn as much and integrate as much yourself into that team as possible. But I think it is really important not to lose sight of the bigger picture, how you and your team fits into the wider firm. I think it ensures that you, you have that good collaboration and that crossover get involved in the wider strategy and and projects that the the firm gets involved in but also I think from a personal perspective when it does come around to NQ time it does get quite competitive and it does make a difference if you've had your face out there you've been involved in firm-wide projects or or those types of things and that can really set you apart for teams maybe that maybe you're not so familiar with they can say oh I, I, I know that trainee actually they helped out on lots of my client drinks or something like that so I think it is it is very useful to keep an ear to the ground and make sure you're you're not siloed and getting involved in, in any wider firm-wide projects. I've been quite surprised since joining for Fantasy quite how collaborative the work is. I don't think there's been any seat that I've worked in where we haven't been collaborating and working together with another team. And um, we work quite closely. So I guess building relationships across the business, it's also quite important for the client work that we do but it also means that coming into work on a daily basis it's really nice to know different people across the firm and it makes for a nicer working environment. Do you have anything to add to that Lucy on getting involved in what's going on outside of your team? Um, I think it, it's um, really important from the perspective of you know that we're a full service law firm and therefore we sort of need to be able to communicate to clients and speak about the different practice areas within our firm and demonstrate that we're able to offer um, a broad range of services to our clients to support them. Yes, and fundamentally, a law firm is a business and there are a lot of 
competitive firms out there providing similar services. And I guess trainees aren't under any pressure to win new client work, but it is quite beneficial to gain an understanding into how that process works, how we develop those relationships and win work. Why is understanding the strategy and the values of the firm important for a trainee? I think it's important for a trainee in order to ensure that, you know, everything they're doing uh, in their training contracts, you know, work-wise or otherwise, is aligned to and contributing to those values and strategies. Obviously, if you're not aware of them, you can't contribute to those things. It's also important to ensure that those values and strategies are, again, communicated to our clients, since this is becoming increasingly important to clients to ensure that their and our values are aligned. Yeah, I, I think both strategy and values of, of any firm, they're only really successful if, if like you said, Lucy, if, if they're communicated from top down and everyone is pulling in the same direction, I think is really, really important. Uh, for Tansley, we've, we've got a, a really good, strong, inclusive culture. And that, that isn't something that just happens. It's something that's embedded into everything we do. Those values are communicated about, you know, the importance of learning loops, positive, constructive feedback and inclusivity, diversity, all, all of that stuff. It's something that, that we live and breathe and we, we find it really, really important. Even though you're not responsible for, for setting the strategy, it doesn't mean you're not responsible for implementing it. So I think moving on a little bit to the sort of attributes that you are kind of looking for in a, in a trainee. Is there anything in particular, Lucy, starting with you, that you think kind of sets some trainees apart from others? Yeah, so I think there are lots of different things which make a successful trainee, and we've touched on a number of those points. But I think the key things that stand out for me are um, having a positive attitude, so a willingness to learn and just to get stuck into the work and have a go, and also being proactive, so taking ownership of tasks and always thinking about the next step in a piece of work and suggesting solutions. For me, that growth mindset is, is really, really important. It's wanting everyone to take personal ownership of their own development it's not waiting to be told you know, everyone should be really invested in their own development knowing that actually it doesn't matter what level you are there's always more that can be done there's always things that you can improve on and as soon as you you lose that that growth mindset then that's when you start plateauing and you, you don't keep developing and improving but also like you said Lucy the proactivity is, re is really really important don't wait to be spoon-fed and just you know just just have a go We've talked today about what a successful trainee looks like and how to demonstrate that. This is also important to touch on how you can get the most out of your training contract. Starting with you, Lucy, what's your advice for getting the most out of your training contract and really making sure that you have a beneficial and enjoyable experience? So before I started my training contract, someone at the firm said to me, just say yes to everything. And now looking back on that, I think that was a really good piece of advice. Um, and I think what they meant by that is, you know, just get involved in as many things as you can. When you are a trainee, there are lots of opportunities available to you, both in terms of work and social aspects across the firm. For example, secondments, the virtual trainee scheme and business development opportunities and so on. So my advice would be, you know, make the most of that and get involved in as many of those things as you can. I think for me, it's really, really important to keep an open mind. So I remember uh, when I was training, I really didn't enjoy studying land law, but actually working in the property team was very, very different. 
And I had almost closed off my mind to that before I did the seat. Once I did the seat, I really, really enjoyed it. And it works vice versa as well. You might love studying something, um, in which case, yes, by all means, do try and get a seat in it. But yeah, you, you won't know until you do throw yourself into it and you don't know until you try. Yeah, definitely. And just because you don't enjoy it, it doesn't mean that you won't also get other things out of it. You might find that you develop skills that you wouldn't have otherwise developed if you hadn't done that seat, for example. And often a lot of the skills we're developing in different areas, they're quite transferable, aren't they? Especially with the collaboration, working with other teams, you can make a really good name for yourself or like you said, Lauren, get some very good transferable skills that will set you up for for a different seat. We've covered a lot in today's episode. So to summarise and wrap up, what would be your top takeaway tip for being a good trainee? Lucy? Um, I think my top takeaway tip would just the positive attitude thing, just have, you know, a willingness to learn, get stuck in, try new things, even if you're not that confident with it and just give it a go and get involved. And for me, I think just really throwing yourself into each seat, being proactive on the matters you work on and yeah, taking responsibility for your own development and growth. Lauren, do you have a top tip halfway through your training contract? I would say similar to Lucy saying yes to everything. Because you also don't know where different opportunities will lead to. Um, This podcast being a prime example, I'd said yes to assisting with some training contract assessment days. Then it transpired from that, that they were looking to do a podcast on the training contract application experience. You never know and you couldn't foresee it when you said yes to the initial opportunity where that would go. Yeah, I think clearly uh, being proactive and saying yes is, is super important. Also added to that is being able to learn to take on constructive feedback and think about how you can improve as a trainee and how it could help you also as a lawyer in your future career. It's such a good opportunity to work with different teams and with different people and in different sectors. I think so important just to take on board feedback, learn as much as you possibly can about the law and the practice area, but also about how the team works and how best to be a good trainee and a good team player. It's an incredible opportunity to do all of those things and really enjoyable as well. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast, Adam and Lucy. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. It's been great. To summarise, we've explored what makes a good trainee and how you can make the most of the training contract opportunity. If you are interested in applying for a training contract at Fortansity, then please follow the link in the episode information on this page. Thanks. Goodbye.